to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. That, so that's what I'm doing wrong. She exists. So that that was a big thing for me. I was like, ah, Chex Mix just feels like Chex with stuff in it. So this is Crispit Mix? Crispix Mix, yeah. <laughs> we call it. We call it trash. And I didn't realize that's not that common of a phrase. And people are like, you're eating trash. Like, it was, that's a weird concept to explain to Riley, too. Um, she doesn't get so it So since you all. guys are white and you make this? It's white that's, trash. Yeah. That's funny because when I was growing up, trash was what now people call puppy chow. Yeah, so that yeah. Yeah, I ran, ran into that recently, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, no, that that would be." I've heard that called white trash as well. Yeah, you said, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, when you get well, really excited yeah. about food, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to do that again at some point in this podcast. So, oh. here's here's a thought. Um, there why we why oh, don't no. we? Why don't we make this more year often? round? Right. Yeah. So I the same thing, that. we have a really great uh, cinnamon roll recipe that we call Christmas cinnamon rolls. We do it. We've done it for five years in a row, I but think. But never on, any other time. <laughs> and we never make it any other time. <laughs> and here's what's funny is my entire family, I mean, I know there's four of us, but all of us were like going, oh man, I'm so excited about Christmas cinnamon rolls. <laughs> so, so I think that's part of it is building the tradition. And, and, then, and then I said, why don't we do that more? <laughs> Just we make all, cinnamon rolls. Yeah, like we're so excited about it. It's like it's almost time. Are y'all ready for it? It's yeah. like you can only have it once a year. We don't have any of those because um you make it all the time. Well, if if I like it, I'm going to ask Cammy to make it like yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her mom wants her to start selling zucchini bread. Yeah, that'd be smart. Which would be mm. amazing. I miss the days when we lived across the street from each you other. Get a fresh loaf. And she would bring us over. Yeah. Oh, oh golly. It really is nothing like out of the oven zucchini bread. It's warm and, and she'd bring it over wrapped in foil. It was still warm. I would immediately go to my kitchen and spread butter on it I and eat like four pieces. Yeah. Into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's so dad gum so good. Out of the oven, yeah. Mm. 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 I like food. I'm going to start a, uh, <clears throat> it's not the carnivore diet, but I'm going to start a, I guess you call it modified, but like, like high protein, mm-hmm. low carb diet in January diet. I'm just going to eat a lot of protein basically. Yeah, yeah. Less other stuff. So I'm anxious to see how, strong how that you affects. Get? I'm thinking, so like I will still eat zucchini bread. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not going to, a lot of my meals right now, I think are like out of convenience rather than planning. Yeah. And so I think I'm just going to do more planning and have more like good proteins. Yeah. yeah. That's so we'll go into the PCC based off that. Come on, everybody. Come on over to Pierce's Culture Corner. That felt like such a weird thing. Let's do it. Well, we'll go over to the I was like, I was excited because that's that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So it's it's funny. My first well question to you, Micah, is is you beginning that in January? Which is now. Which is now. Um, so is you beginning that now um anything to do with like the mentality of resolutions, or is it just this is the time frame that works good for me actually, and my schedule? Actually, no, it just happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened that um <laughs> I haven't felt great mm-hmm. um, lately. It's probably not anything. I mean, it probably is somewhat food related, but like um, I've, I've gotten more like not quite dizzy, but like woozy on the point of dizziness for a while. Um, even with like, like elevated cardio. So this is just the next step of me trying stuff. Like if I begin yeah, to yeah. cut out some of the things and then maybe try, I know that if you do a strict carnivore diet, it does reduce inflammation. Like that's one of the things it does when you take mm-hmm. out all the the foods that cause inflammation. So that's that's another thing is like, I'm probably not going to do that completely, yeah. but like <laughs> it'll be it'll be a step. And it may, be, it may be a point where later this year, I might say, hey, for, a, you know, the month of whatever, it can't be during the summer because it's yeah, too yeah. hard. But I'm going to do like a straight corn- carnivore diet, which mm-hmm. would be probably not going to happen, but be crazy. But no, it yeah, wasn't yeah. because of resolution. It just happened to be like, same time. like I was thinking about it through beginning of December and I was like, I'll just start in January. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not so, going to be strict. Like I'm not going to like when we're on a ski trip, I'm not going to like change the meals that everybody else is eating just so that yeah, I can so you have keep my, yours, yeah. yeah. But I might like, so for example, um, we went to, we took Hayes to Houston a couple months ago or actually in December, beginning of December before, um, for a sleep study. And on the way back, we were driving through junction about lunchtime and there's not a lot in junction, no. but then I, as we, 
stopped to um, go to the bathroom. I was like, wait, there's a Cooper's barbecue here. Mm -hmm. So I got a sliced brisket sandwich nice. and it was like 10 50 and mm -hmm. they had like, I'm not even joking, like a half pound of brisket on there. It wow. was amazing. And yeah. I was like, this is, this is so much better than Sonic or what's a Subway, Dairy Queen, all the other junk McDonald's that's mm -hmm. there. And it's like, I'm not really, I, I, I'm not part of it too, is that I'm, it's I'm real food. so sick of the fast food prices. Dude, it's crazy. It's honestly probably it, yeah. cheaper to eat. Like if, if you think about like, like the, the, the amount of food you get at like a real restaurant, like yeah. it's probably cheaper to eat a real restaurant Dude, than for real. fast food. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, what's funny is, is I like, I like thinking about all the different for, for friends of mine and for people that will think through things. This isn't a resolution type thing of like, oh, I guess I got to change this part of my life. Let me change this over here. You're already, you've already been thinking around about your life, thinking about changes that one you're wanting to make uh, for dietary reasons, for feeling different. And therefore the timing just happened to take place around January. And so what's funny is like, there's the same thing for us recently. Like we, we, we move, we move. And when you're just, when you're constantly going and you're constantly doing different projects and doing things, it's, it's easier to just pick up some food. Yep. It's easier yep. to, instead of meal planning and meal prepping. And so it really hit us in the beginning of December where we, where we just, we were feeling it. We were just, yeah. you're just kind of lethargic. You're, you're, so awful. and you're seeing that money just continuously getting spent and it's just, just, it's a bummer on every front. And so we said, you know what, like, let's make these changes. And then it hit us like, oh, we've, we've got we're going to full data next weekend. We're going to Oklahoma. We're doing this. We're doing this. Um, and so, okay, well, we'll really hit the ground running in January. <laughs> and it's funny because in our culture with New Year's resolutions and people um, wanting to make certain changes as they go to the new year, it, new year, it lines up around that time. And what's funny is like, I have to remind myself, my brain, it's like, I'm not just making a change just for the sake of it being January 1st. Yeah. Like it's, we wanted to make this change and the timeline matches up it's convenient. at 2024. Yeah. It's so super convenient. we're going to get done with the holidays. I mean, nobody then, wants to not eat Christmas cinnamon rolls at Christmas. Dude, it's right. True. I mean, that's like, right. So or eat a whole box eat of trash. Like whole box, a whole box of trash. I would eat Christmas <laughs> cinnamon rolls like three times a day. Mm -hmm. Hannah the other day for our uh for our or I guess last month for our uh high school community group as well as our young adults group, she she made a recipe called cream it's cream cheese uh chocolate chip cookies, cream cheese chocolate chip cookies. And she oh she brought it up as if it was something she makes all the time. And I I swear I've never had it. <laughs> if you're listening, Hannah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like I, it's like it's like this, it's like a chocolate chip cookie ball but like it just melts in your mouth immediately and you hit that cream cheese you flavor. Love it? it's so good it's amazing i i prefer cookies a little bit crunchy <laughs> so i might see if we can kind of flatten them out a yeah, little bit and get a little bit of, get a little bit of a crisp but like very good and as soon as i ate one i was like i don't think this is a normal recipe <laughs> but i'm not, not going to say anything right now maybe you should screw it up and added the <laughs> no, right. like crisco these are, instead of cream yeah, cheese or something right, like that yeah. <laughs> that's what these cookies are Whoops. uh but anyway, yeah, so I mean, we've got cream cheese cookies, we've got Christmas rolls, we've got trash, we've got cheese log, like we're just making all these different things that we love around Christmas time. <laughs> but it's like, once we get into the New Year's, like we want to hit the ground running into it. So what's funny is, is I'm seeing so many of the posts with, with resolutions and things like that. And what's inevitably going to happen is I'm going to have the questions about what's your New Year's revolution? Yeah. What are you going to change? And it just make the social situation uh, uh, less awkward. I'm going to be like, I'm changing my diet, <laughs> like, which is really just... We're sick of eating fast food because of a remodel. Well, it is. It is convenient. It <laughs> yeah. does feel. It's almost like the beginning of a week. Exactly. You know I mean, like yeah. it feels like a good time to like mm -hmm. start into something. People do Why that all the time start of the week. Tuesday. Like, yeah, I got to do something on Saturday. Well, it's like I could I could do it next week. You, yeah, you yeah, think yeah. of it as a reset, and I think January is convenient in that way too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I completely agree. Uh, which it's, it's not really, I guess it's a culture commentary in the sense of like people get really hung up on resolutions. And so it, just even me having to think like, how am I going to handle that social situation, <laughs> which feels so stupid because I really don't care, but it's just a moment of like, I know I'm going to get asked this. What's, what's the answer I'm going to give? So I don't have to be like, well, I'm not really you know participating. What? You know in what that. I'm going to do? I, so <laughs> Matt Stanley, cause Ryan got hurt, asked me to do pushups and body, body work. Mm -hmm. Like it's like accountability with him. So um, I've been doing it, but I'm going to, when someone has, says, what's your new year's resolution? I'm going to be like, well, I started doing pushups in, in November. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm too <laughs> much ahead. They, I'm too much ahead say. of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dope. Cool. Well, we're, we're going to continue the conversation from my understanding. Uh, I'm not completely ignorant and stupid. We're going to continue the conversation somewhat centered around new year's resolutions and kind of the mentality going into the new year of a lot of people. Um, so I guess really what I want to do is save face as well and be like, I don't really have a new year's resolution guys. It's just the timing, right? You suckers. Um, you, exactly. <laughs> um, and how, 
we'll continue the conversation just about how it's interesting that the mindset towards uh, towards resolutions and stuff like that. So, so Ryan, what what are we talking about today? Give me a summation. Well, today we're going to remind ourselves as believers that we have been made new in Christ, that we are already new people, that we are loved by God, that we are righteous, that we are holy. I do think that uh, a lot of people this time of year will do Christians, speaking about it from a position of faith, Christians will create New Year's resolutions because they feel that they are less than, they're disappointed in something they've done last year or didn't do last year. They feel like they've, I don't know, let God down, let themselves down. And so I think it really is good for us to remind one another of who we are in Christ. But Ryan, shouldn't we always be a little bit disappointed in ourselves? <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, uh, you would think from the way that I've lived, yes. But uh, but <laughs> but no, like we, we have got to, we talk about our identity a lot on this podcast and our identity in Christ a lot. And we have got to come to the place where we truly believe that we are who God says we are. Um, I think the most obvious verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And this idea of, uh, I think you, I think you both made great points, Michael. Like, there's something about starting fresh. It's a new year. Uh, I just quickly looked this up. Origins of New Year's resolution type things go back to about 2000 BC with the Babylonians and they would vow and their new year, which was actually in March at that point, but they would vow to return people's farm equipment. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so if they had borrowed people's farm equipment, That's hilarious. Like, yeah, cause you know, it was about time to plant and do all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> uh, in the, in the, in the dark ages, um, the, um, the knights would reconfirm their vows of, of chastity and charity and all this kind of stuff. And they would put their hands on a peacock and swear an oath. Yes. <laughs> that might be the most awkward. <laughs> I'm putting my hands on a peacock. Yeah. Let's like, see why here. a peacock? Yeah. I don't know. It says that the medieval knights would renew their vow to chivalry by placing their hands on a peacock. The annual peacock vow would take place at the end of the year as a resolution to maintain their knightly values. Can we do that? I, can the peacock we, Vale. Let's please start calling it the Peacock <laughs> Vale. It wasn't called, uh, it was 1813 where it was first, the first recorded time that it's called New Year's resolutions. But, <clears throat> but I think there are a lot of Christians who, who, because they're unhappy with themselves or they feel the need to be better, make resolutions. And I don't, for me, it's, it's such a fine line to walk because I don't know. It's a dotted line, I think, sure. because <laughs> there there are things that if you want to improve on, require discipline and time and effort, and that's fine. Yep. But I, but I think what we have to be really careful that we do first is that we establish good theology that we think rightly about ourselves in light of who we are in Christ, who we are before the throne of God, and and that that everything that we're doing flows from a correct perspective of our identity in Jesus. Mm -hmm. If that's not the origin of it, then I think we're going to leave ourselves feeling very defeated by February or March whenever we've given up on these things that we've done, right? And yeah. so um, I, uh, last year in June, uh, I started working out every day and I made it, I think, 138 days before I had hurt my elbow so badly I couldn't, I couldn't move without pain. And so... I thought the best thing for me to do at first, I was thinking, well, I'll just modify my exercise routine. And then I thought, no, the best thing for me to do is just to rest, let it rest and heal so that it won't hurt for six months. And the very first day, cause I had recorded every day, like I would just kind of as my accountability on my story on Instagram, I would put day one, day two, day three. So I got to day 38 and the, the day 139, when I didn't put anything, I felt a little bit like a failure and I was like, it's okay. It's okay to rest. That's funny. <laughs> it's okay to let your arm heal. It's okay to do these things. And so I think that we do carry a lot of, <clears throat> I think a lot of people carry a lot of kind of self-condemnation for whatever thing that they think that they failed at. Like one of the biggest ones I think this time of year for Christians is I need to read my Bible more. And while I would argue that there are a lot of benefits for reading the Bible, I think that there's a lot of great things that are beneficial about reading the scripture. And we come to know and understand God better. We come to understand better who we are in Christ. We come to better understand who Jesus is. Like, I think there's beauty in it. But the idea that, that I held for years and years growing up was that 
reading my Bible made God like me more. Yep. And I think that I think that those two thought processes are vastly different. And if if you're like, man, I wanna I wanna know and understand God a little bit better, you know? And hey, a good way to do that might be reading the Bible. I, I think the danger becomes though when we say, uh, you have to do this every single day. If you don't do it every single day and you don't do it this way and this format and this kind of thing, then you're not a very good Christian. And I, I just think that that's, I think that those kinds of resolutions are actually more harmful to your Christian walk than they are beneficial because it becomes about legalism. It becomes, Micah, to use your word, that it's not your word, but you use it all the time brilliantly in this scenario is it's a standard that people have set that isn't a biblical standard. And so when we begin to set standards for ourselves or standards for Christianity that the Bible hasn't set, then it, I, I think it muddies the water. I think it's, look, biblically speaking, the Old Testament law could not do anything but produce condemnation and death. And so I don't know why we think as Christians in the 21st century that creating a new list of rules is going to do anything but produce condemnation and death. And so if we approach if we approach Christian life from, I better do this every day. I better be like this every day. Now, some people are like, you know what? Um, my blood pressure has gotten higher and uh, I'm, I'm pre-diabetic and I want to take some steps to alleviate that. So, you know, I, I can enjoy health more. Okay, great. But even in that, don't like, it's, there's a, there's an actor that I saw an interview of a couple months ago and he's, in phenomenal shape. And the guy was like, man, he goes, so you don't ever eat anything sweet. You don't ever eat anything. And he goes, well, no, like I had a big ice cream Sunday last night. And the guy's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> He's like, look at you. You didn't have an ice cream Sunday last night. And he goes, yeah, I did. And he goes, people can do that. You can have an ice cream Sunday. He goes, last week, he goes, I ate half a pizza for dinner. And he goes, you can, you can do that. He goes, the, the problem is that people swing to extremes and they say, oh, I can't ever eat cookies again. I can't ever eat ice cream again. And he goes, and and people look at me and go, well, you clearly, this guy, he's saying, people look at him and go, well, you clearly never eat, blah, blah, blah. And you always work out. And he goes, I work out five days a week. I work out for 30 to 45 minutes, five days a week. I work out hard for those 45 minutes, five days a week. And he goes, and I've been doing it for nearly 30 years. Wow. And, and he goes, that's the difference. Yeah, and yeah. Chuck Norris has been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> he, he's probably been doing it. For 50 or 60 years. Yeah, because yeah. he's like 78, yeah. 5, 80 now. But wow. But, uh, but his point was be consistent. Mm -hmm. And he goes, it's, it's not about these big sweeping gestures. It's about consistency. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that what we tend to do with resolutions, what we tend to do with our Christian resolutions is we're like, I got to do this every day. Here's what my prayer time is going to look like every single day, mm -hmm. or else I'm not a good Christian. Here's what my Bible reading time is going to look like every single day, or I'm not a good Christian. It's like, no, like consistently talk to the Lord. Yeah. Consistently think about the things of the Bible consistently, like be consistent in it because mm -hmm. it's, and that's what he's told people. He's this actor. He was saying, he goes, try it for 25 years and see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's not making it about, he didn't give a 15 step plan on how right. to do this thing. He said, yeah. just try, I, I'll tell you a few months ago, and we were joking about this a lot, Pierce. Um, and, uh, Stacy was joking about it with us, but a few months back we saw, a post on Facebook that was 75 steps to manhood. And it was the most ridiculous list I had ever read. Like it was just so, so dumb. Most of it didn't have anything to do with Christian character or anything like that. It was the first two were beautiful. The first two were put faith in Jesus and seek to glorify God with your life. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, the end, there's your list. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I there's got a little discrepancy between two and 75 though, Ryan. <laughs> right. And, and so I got thinking, okay, so these are 75 rules to be a man. So you need another 75 rules to be a husband and another 75 rules to no, be a 76 father. 76 for a husband. <laughs> yes. And 77 for a father. Yeah. And so like, I thought, wow, how exhausting. And I, and I just, I made that comment on this post. I was like, man, this is exhausting. This would wear you out. Mm -hmm. And, and it's interesting to me that so many. It said rules? 75 steps to oh. manhood or something like that. Um, so steps would usually be like, once you take the steps, you're done. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it wasn't that it's like, you have to, anyway, it was silly. Uh, I, I just think, I think we do that to ourselves. I think we exhaust ourselves. I think, I think that some of you it's day two of January and some of you are going, Oh man, these resolutions are going to be really hard. <laughs> you're on your second day and you're already, and you know, I think we should change the paradigm of how we think about that. Go. So here's as believers. I think if, if someone's, 
stuck on saying, I want to have something for this year that's like new, mm-hmm. then wake up every morning and pray and say, God, thank you that you've given me life in Jesus and that my worth rests in you. Like to make mm-hmm. that the thing. Super simple. Like let that be it. If you're the person who's like, got to have a structure, yeah, just do that. And then let that be the foundation and then Shape. add stuff to it. So that like, shapes everything else. Yeah, because if that's consistent or if that's structured and that's an everyday thing, I say, I'll say it this way, try for 25 days and see how it changes your life. Where you sure. wake up every morning and go, God, thank you for the life you've given me in Jesus. May my worth rest in you and nothing else. Sure. Um, watch how it shapes your life. Like what if that was your your mantra every day where your perspective is my worth rests in Jesus and nothing else? Watch how it changes it. I'm, I'm imagining that actor probably isn't working out because he's trying to to become somebody. Right. He's working out because that's just kind of what he's always done. Like yep. it's a thing he enjoys. So that's what I mean is like if if your perspective is I'm trying to become something different. Right then you will probably always be discontent. But if your yeah. perspective is my worth rests in who I am in Jesus, watch how it allows you and frees you to do some things in your year. You could change your diet. You could yeah. you could say, I want to read the scripture more this year. And you don't feel guilty when you have moments when you don't fit the standard, whatever the yeah. standard is you set. So you are really structured. I'm really not. Um, trying to be more yeah. like I'm, I'm having to add I, I'm more. I'm really structured in a few areas. You, sorry, we'll say it this way. You enjoy structure. I do. I do not. So we'll say that's probably a more fair way to say it. I'm having to add a little more structure to my life just to protect some time. Mm-hmm. And you love it. Like you you love the structure, but there are parts of your life that are not necessarily structured. So yeah. um, I do prefer a schedule. Right. So like someone like you, who, who like you would find, I'm sure some joy in being able to like look at a handwritten calendar that says like every day I'm going to do this particular thing. Like that brings you some kind of mm-hmm. joy. I get it. There's people like that. So do those things, but don't let those things be the thing that identify you. Because my guess is someone like you that loves the structure that, I, that like really craves that kind of consistency. The moment that consistency is gone, you feel like it's empty. Like there's a void or like you've done something wrong or that you are yeah. less worthwhile. And I think that's the danger what you're talking about when, when our worth doesn't, I'll say, I mean, a simpler way to view it is if our worth doesn't rest in Jesus, we will never be content. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, to your point, I started reading the Bible consistently February 1st, 95. So coming on 29 years next month. But uh, early on, if I missed a day in my reading, then I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last almost year and a half, um, yeah, about a year and a half. For almost a year and a half now, I've read Monday through Friday. And I don't read on Saturdays and Sundays because typically when I read Monday through Friday, I'm reading anywhere from. But you do read on Sundays. And <laughs> preaching from, from the yeah, pulpit. But, I mean but, like, but not, not, not like reading to study. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so what I do now is I read anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours a day, Monday through Friday. Um, and I don't read it all on Saturday and Sundays and younger Ryan would have died a little inside <laughs> at that. But like <laughs> you don't love Jesus on the weekends kind of thing. But, <laughs> but, but I have come to realize that my reading or not reading my Bible is, uh, is not what shapes how God views me. I, I remember, I can't remember who it was that said this, uh, but I, I loved the quote and it was like the, the person said the moment it, you can you can really begin to tell when uh, a man has found his identity in Christ, his worth in Christ, because he is less concerned with working 80 hours a week and more concerned with just enjoying Jesus. Mm. And you can really tell when a woman has found her identity in Christ because she doesn't care if she has a brownie after dinner. And, you know, like mm. she's found her identity in Jesus. And so those are stereotypical kind of things. But the idea being that there are probably a lot of men here at the beginning of January who are making some sort of work-based goals. Yeah. And there are probably a lot of women at the beginning of January who are making some sort of health-shaped goals. And and what we have to remember as Christians is that the shape of your body, the, the size of your 401k, those things do not shape in any way how God views you. Mm-hmm. And, and that if you are somebody who has put faith in Christ— you are fully pleasing in the eyes of God. You are righteous. You are holy. You are a child of God. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You've been get, given everything you need to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. You've been filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God does not give the Holy Spirit in measure and portion. He's given you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Like 
this is who we are now. Mm-hmm. And and it takes a little bit of the weight off. It takes yeah. a little bit of the pressure off. And now we can have goals and things that we want to pursue and and aims in life and things that we want to do, but now they don't have to be connected to how we view ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the line needs to be drawn. If, if these New Year's resolutions uh, that you're creating are are because you do not like yourself and you feel like you'll be a better person or like yourself more if you do them, then I would say that the most important thing for you this year is to really come to understand who you are in Christ. Yep. If these are just goals you have, like if these are just things you want to be able to do, mm-hmm. uh, my, my oldest son really wants to be able to slam dunk a basketball. So he's been working on plyometrics. He has started wearing a weight vest and doing plyometrics, and he will grab the six-pound medicine ball instead of the basketball and stand under the basket and jump up with it, and he's working on that. And that does not at all shape who he is to me. It doesn't shape who he is to Christ, and thankfully, it doesn't shape who he is to himself, Mm -hmm. but he has a goal. And because he has a goal, he's working towards it. And there may come a point in the next year, he's like, oh, I'm not going to play basketball next year. I don't really care about slime dunking anymore. And that's fine. And it doesn't shape anything about his identity. Mm -hmm. But I I think that too often we use this time of year, we're we're down on ourselves. We're like, oh, if I could just be better this year, if I could just make this change and that change, instead of starting off this year, kind of what you said a moment ago, Micah, if we would, you said do it every day for 25 days. I agree. That'd be a beautiful thing to do. I'm not actually saying do it. I was, I know, I was I know. banking off of that, that to try for, what do you say? 20, try for 25 try years. Try for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I know. You were playing off of that. But I don't think it's a bad idea to wake no. up every morning and do that. But no. but if we would begin our whole year from that perspective of, God, remind me who I am in you this year. Mm-hmm. Let, let this year, let 2024 be based on who I am because of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Not who I am because of me or what I've accomplished. Look, if, if you are not, a smaller Christian because you're on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. You might be in a space in your life where those are really helpful to you to kind of clear the cobwebs out and clear out the fog so that you can rest in Christ. You're not Mm -hmm. a less than Christian because you're in counseling. You're not a less than Christian because you haven't read your Bible in the last three months. You're not a less than Christian. Now, listen, we have been given each other as the body of Christ mm-hmm. to care for one another and mm-hmm. love one another. And and so are you a less than Christian because you haven't been to church in a few months? No. But do I think that it, w- it would be a blessing for you and for us, for us to fellowship together? Yeah, there's great mm-hmm. benefit in it. So we can talk about benefit without it being a conversation about identity. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that too often resolutions are about shaping identity. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the wrong conversation. And there's, like there was, there was a break. I don't remember when this was in my life, but I remember having certain conversations, <clears throat> excuse me, in regards to identity and things like this, where I would kind of tell myself like, Hey, yeah, 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 I know I'm good before God, but, but, but I'm terrible in this area. And I'm, I'm just really, really, really bad in this area. And they're from the perspective of like setting yourself a goal. If I'm, if, if you ask your shoes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm, I'm solid before God, but I, but I, I really want to work towards dunking. And right now I'm bad at dunking that statement in itself. Absolutely work towards it, do it. But what I would find myself doing is, is I would allow this, this condemnation is okay because I'm not viewing it in light of how I stand before God, but I'm still bringing condemnation into my life. And I'm still, I'm still having that mentality, even though I understand my standing before God, what I'm doing is I'm separating my value system or how I'm, how I'm valued based off of in what light am I shining? Instead of saying, instead of being Christ be core and I, uh, my value rests in who Jesus is. I am in all scenarios of my life of who I am, period. But exactly what you just said. But can I work towards things? Absolutely. Can I acknowledge that I'm not as talented in this area? I need to work harder at it than so and so or than these people. Absolutely. But I think what I tended to do was I would agree. I would be I'd be the person listening to this podcast and be like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good before God. I know that. I don't have to do anything to earn God's grace, to earn God's goodness, to to stand before Him righteous. That's all accomplished through Jesus, through me placing faith in Him and believing in Him and trusting in Him as Messiah. I'm good but I'm just a worse human being over here, <laughs> like, but I'm still introducing condemnation where there shouldn't mm. be condemnation. Right. And so Cause those uh, two things can exist. It cannot exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, like, how does that happen? Maybe, maybe I wasn't, maybe because I didn't really know. I don't work. think you can say, I understand who I am in Christ and yet feel still condemnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the self-condemnation come from if you understand who you are in Christ. I suppose maybe I wasn't a real Christian back then whenever I was having those thoughts. There was Mm -hmm. maybe it was maybe it wasn't true faith. I was just I'm thinking back and I think that that was probably around college time when I was working through this. So Mm -hmm. could have been the Lord drawing me to him and I I think you can I think you can have that mindset as a Christian. I mean my what I, I think what I'm implying is that 
you they were, can't last. You, well, no, you were saying you thought you understood your worth. Mm. You were going like, no, 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 I understand. Oh, who no, I am yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're actually yeah. admitting by saying Th- there's that I misunderstood. That you don't actually understand. Absolutely, yeah. So I, what I was doing is, gotcha. is the misunderstanding was I wasn't allowing my identity in Christ to 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 permeate my everything to who I am. So like I did misunderstand it. What if you're exactly right. okay? Maybe this is a maybe this is a good direction for people. You just said I didn't. I wasn't allowing. What you said, like my pers- the perspective of who I am in Christ to permeate my entire life. Yeah, yeah. If your perspective was that you actually understood who you were in Christ, and then you were trying to let that perspective permeate your life, you're still going to suck. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the wrong perspective. <laughs> Maybe this is a sense where, like, if you're going to do something in January, a New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. what if you were willing to wipe the slate clean and say, you know what? I'm not sure I actually understand. If 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 there's nothing in your life that proclaims that your worth rests in Jesus. And maybe you shouldn't go, no, 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 I understand my worth is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe you it. should go, all right, wipe the slate clean. I apparently don't understand who <laughs> yeah. I am in Christ yeah. or who who God is or what he's done for me through Jesus. So let me just begin to ask some basic questions of what the scripture says about who God is and who Jesus is and who I am when I put my faith in Jesus. Because mm-hmm. maybe that's the direction, not to go, yeah. you know what, I want the perspective I have of who I am in Jesus to permeate my life yeah, to go, you yeah. know what? That perspective might be off. Let me start over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because if That's you're really thinking it's this, this aspect needs to permeate my life more to get rid of the condemnation. You're like asking for something that sucks to fix something that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just going to keep sucking. You're just bringing on the, right. So maybe that's, so it makes me think, I was going to say this earlier. I'm glad you went this direction. It makes me think of Colossians too, when he says, um, like don't be held captive by philosophy and empty deceit. And at the mm-hmm. end of chapter two, he's like, if you die with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why is if you're still alive in the world, do you submit to these regulations? Do not taste, do not handle, do not touch. Don't submit to asceticism or rules and regulations. Um, he's talking about religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, I wonder if there's a lot of Christians. And still not tr- Christ. I wonder if yeah. there's a lot of Christians still treating their life as religion oh, yeah, rather yeah. than identity. So like, it's, it's still, it's similar to what you were saying earlier, Ryan, with the, I, if I don't read the Bible every day, at one point in your life, you feel guilty. Pierce, yeah. you were saying, mm-hmm. I say, I understand who I am in Christ, but then I feel this condemnation. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like religion yeah. yeah, as if there's something you have to the do to rules, fix the situation. The law, the, right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Colossians too. And I'm wondering if this mindset of setting new year's resolutions actually just implies kind of a religious mindset mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. I, I think. I can't. I don't think mean of, religion in terms of what, know what Peter says. Yeah, I I'm know talking about what he's saying here. Yeah, in Colossians two. I can't think of every possible example across the way, so I don't want to be absolute in my wow. statement. But it feels to me like the practice of resolutions in general go in contrast to identity in Christ. It feels like there's a a general a general disagreement between if you know what it feels like to me it feels like when I was going to camp as a kid and everybody rededicated their lives to every Jesus. Thursday yeah. night <laughs> yeah you know it was like well I I got drunk at the party last weekend I'm just gonna rededicate my life to Jesus and start over mm-hmm. listen I I have I have no qualms with you saying man I I should not have been acting that way last Friday but to think somehow you making some kind of like statement if you want to put your hand on a peacock and like <laughs> reinstate your commitment to Jesus. Okay. That, so I mean that's what I'm saying about the New yeah. Year's resolutions. So what we did at camps on Thursday nights is we would write our sins on a piece of paper and go mm-hmm. and nail them to a wooden cross up at the front. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Or you'd throw it in the bonfire to yep. show mm-hmm. that it's been and it's the same thing. It's a it, it's it is not a reliance. This is what you said in our last podcast, Micah. It's not a reliance upon Christ, it's a reliance upon self. And and Every resolution that I can think of is ultimately a reliance upon self so that I can like myself better or be a version of myself that I think is a better version of rather than, God, you have saved me. You have redeemed me. I am fully righteous. I am fully forgiven. I am fully loved. Like if, if I go the rest of my life and I develop the perfect dad bod and my belly hangs up over my belt and stuff, (laughs) will that cause me to spend more money. Eventually, will I be the guy wearing belt and a suspenders? Yes, I'll be that guy. <laughs> but that does not... Can we do Photoshop? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That does not shape who I am in Christ. It shapes something. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I While will, I'm a different shape, that doesn't yeah. shape who I am. <laughs> yeah. Will I wear out my mattress more quickly? <laughs> yes. Is that so, the problem? I feel like I wear mine out all the time. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, look, we can talk about things and say, look, Look, we'll, 
Are there things that are more difficult? If I, my dad, before he died, was 350 pounds. My dad was three inches shorter than me. And you said and he had like a size eight shoe. Like seven and a half or eight. I keep thinking about that. Like this, <laughs> it's, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Yeah, it is. Like it's, it, it was super weird how tiny his feet were. Like my 13 year old already has like a size nine. My 14 year old is a size 11. My mm-hmm. dad, 350 pounds, six or five eleven with a size seven and a half feet. It was like, it was like Barbie feet on, yeah, a, that's on so- a huge man. But uh, but there were things about my dad's life that were harder because of his weight. There sure. were things about my dad's life that were harder because he allowed himself. He, he got diabetes. He didn't take care of himself. There were things that were harder about my dad's life because he drank himself to death. I think I've, I've said before that uh, towards the end of his life, he was really sick and they did an exploratory surgery. And the doctor called me because my dad had died on the table and they were able to bring him back. I was the power of attorney. But the doctor told me that when they moved his intestines, they disintegrated in his hand oh. because he, they were so rotten from his his the alcohol he had consumed in his life. Yeah. He said it literally as he moved it to like investigate, he said it just fell to pieces in his hand, wow. like paper. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so it's it's one of those things that you just go, okay, it, there were things that he could have done differently, could have done that would have had an impact on his life, on his health, on whatever. Um, but my dad never put faith in Jesus. So him losing weight or eating better or quitting drinking, like none of that has any value in the scope of eternity. What has value in the scope of eternity is my dad needed to know Christ. And for those of us who do know Christ, all these extra things, you can get in shape. You can have a six pack. You can have an 18 pack. I don't care. Like you can, <laughs> have you seen the commercial? Well, that dude's, yeah, it's just like His a long stomach just keeps torso. going and going and going and going. <laughs> My boys love that commercial. But uh, you you can have, that guy had like an 88 pack. <laughs> I was going to say it's a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can be 3% body fat and whatever. Like you can, you can do all that. And none of that endears you to God. Mm-hmm. Um, just like being the opposite of that does not remove you from his presence. Right. It, it's still about Christ. And until... Our until our personal self identity comes from the perspective of there is a God in heaven who loves me and cares for me. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. The only reason that I did not kill myself at 16, 17, 18, 19 years old was because my theology still weak at that point was strong enough to know and believe that there was a God in heaven who had made me and loved me and mm. cared for me. Mm. And, and, I I did not believe at that point that my parents cared for me. I didn't have any reason to like me. I didn't at that point have very many friends, so I didn't feel like I had any value. I didn't like me. I didn't feel my parents liked me. I didn't feel like I had any friends, but I believed with all my heart that there was a God in heaven who loved me and gave his son up for me. And that was the only thing that kept my head above water. And as my theology grew and deepened, that's what has enabled me to live with much greater confidence now than I had in my teens and twenties. I, hmm, yeah, I feel like that's probably a common struggle. Yeah. Is, I'm not the only one. I don't think is, uh, I was just thinking how you, how you said that was the thing that kept your head above water was basically just knowing the simplicity of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, like um, basics. Well, and I'm wondering like, Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. My guess was you didn't not commit suicide because you felt like that meant you were going to go to hell. No, no, no. It had nothing so it to wasn't do. Like a, it wasn't like a theological think, bend. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that if I killed myself, I would go to hell. So I'm I'm wondering if that is the, Pierce, if that is the blank slate. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the blank slate is going back to a place where you go, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't have any idea about all these other theological things. What I know is there's a God who sent his son to bear my sin on the cross that he died on my behalf came back from from the grave so that I put faith in him I have life and I know yeah. that that God loves me like maybe that's the blank slate yeah, yeah. And, and then from there you build because I think you I, I had to believe that God was more important than my parents mm-hmm. and more important than me and more important than the friends I didn't have if he's really big if he's really God then how he views me has to matter more than how I view me or how I believe the other people around me view me so in your life this is, I think this could be incredibly encouraging for people in your life. You went through chaos. We have friends, people at our church who've been through similar chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what um, has been the battle inside of you for years. 
the chaos of your life that you grew up in has been what the, probably the main cause I would say. Sure. Of the battle in your Fed, head, insecurity, about, yeah, fears, anxiety, emotional, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, I can't imagine if you grew up in a phenomenal home, you might have had some like tendencies towards things, but like not the same. Way. It wouldn't be the same. so. It's like yeah. the chaos is what caused the the struggle is what causes the struggle. Sure. You're not saying the chaos is gone or you fixed it. Correct. So this wasn't like a resolution where you were like, you know what, this year I'm going to be done with with all the stuff that still lives inside me. What has happened is because you went back to a blank slate and said the gospel is core for me, mm-hmm. and then you've been building on that what Paul calls the foundation. Yep. As you've been building on that, what happens is is the chaos moves farther and farther in the background. Yeah. Not absolutely. that it goes away. So I think that's the blank slate. Is instead of people saying. I want to just be different. I want to. I want to change. You've got to recognize that who you are is who you are. Yeah. You cannot be somebody different than you are. But what you can do is begin to build on the foundation of the gospel in a way where your life begins to be void of the things that you feel like make you worthless. Yeah. Um, where those things don't rule you. Where you're at a place now where your worth rests in Jesus. I I love, um, I love the stories of the martyrs mm-hmm. who face imminent death and look death in the face and go, you know what? Jesus is more valuable to, valuable to me. That That is someone who is at a place where they're like, you know what? I don't freaking care whether you think I'm fat, whether you think I'm ugly, whether you think I'm stupid, whether you think I yeah. am not successful, whether you think I don't have m- enough money. They're like, you know what? Jesus is more than all that stuff. Yeah. It's a Philippians three perspective. And I don't think you get there overnight. No, I think you get there by the blank slate being the gospel. So well, it's not a blank slate. I'll, yeah. I'm going to change that term by saying I'm going to create a new foundation for yeah. my life, which yeah. is just basically the Jesus. gospel. And then yeah. I'm going to build from there. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it right before I think we started recording. And like you asked the question, can we change the way that people view themselves? No, we can't change the way that people view themselves. But how we view ourselves, we got to by practice. So if we're yeah. insecure, if we're fearful, if we're ang- if we're anxious, there was something in our life that created those environments that we practiced habitually. And whether it was yeah. up to us or our parents or whatever, it might, it's probably not always on us. Some of mm-hmm. us, it started for us when we were kids. And and so we practiced that over and over and over. It was practiced for us over and over and over. So it built in us fear and insecurity, this kind of small mindset. So what we have to do to your point and to this actor's point is be consistent with the other. We have to be consistent by reminding ourselves who we are in Christ, Yeah, who we are. And, and tomorrow when you get knocked back on your butt again, back into your insecurity and your fear and your doubt, what you do is you go, this is who I am in Christ. I am loved by God. I am righteous. I am holy. I am forgiven. I am fully pleasing to the Father because of the work of Jesus, not because of my successes yep. or my failures, but because of the completed work of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. I have the fullness of God alive and at work in me. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me by the Holy Spirit, giving me the resurrected life, allowing me and enabling me to walk in the new life right now. I have everything I need, right? And, and you remind yourself of that. And I have been working to remind myself of that for 28 years. And, uh, and it has, has, I'll say it this way. I was, um, 20 years ago, I was dating a girl. No, that's not right. Was it long? It had to have been longer ago than that. Uh, 25 years ago. Yeah. 25 years ago, I was, I was dating a girl that, we were miserable. We were bad together. All of my friends were telling me we were bad together. And at that point in my life, I, that aside, hers and my relationship aside, I was still very broken and I hated myself. And I really believe that if I had married, Heather was her name. I really believe that if I had married Heather a few years down the road from that, we would have gotten divorced and, and probably by that point had kids and like, it, it just, it would have been painful. It would have been messy. It would have been uh, because I was so broken. And and so by the time I finally met Michelle, I had, I had come to be a different person, to be a person mm-hmm. who believed, really believed, didn't just know it in my head, but really believed that I was loved by God. Because I, I do think that some people know that they're loved by God, but don't really feel like they're loved by God. Like there's a theological knowledge that they have, like God loves me. Oh, they understand conceptually that there is a God who loves them, but they don't feel loved. Um, I think, I think the knowledge and the feeling are two different things. Um, and I, I think the knowledge has to weigh more. The truth has to weigh more than how we feel about it. I, okay. I think, I, I think you're right. I think we have to use different terminology because I think that is contrary to like Ephesians four, Ephesians three, where the knowledge of the love of Christ allows me to be filled with the fullness of him. Yeah. 
So I don't think the knowledge exists. Okay. If, if like, I, or I don't think the feeling exists without the knowledge is what I'm saying. So yes, like, you agree. can't say, I know that God loves me, but then your life is void of feeling that God yeah. loves you. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying about Pierce earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there, I, I think you're right. Maybe just in a different term. Like so it's you like can, a, maybe you've heard that your whole life. God loves you. Yeah. And it just hasn't taken root in you. There's yet. a, yeah. there's a truth that you've heard that there it is. is not something that you yeah. has actually become knowledge that you've not taken yet. ownership of right yeah yeah it's it's you know uh, okay there's different this. there's different greek words for no and i think that's probably the nuance we're getting into but we're not gonna yeah. get into the greek on no this. but it's it's you you could check the right box on a survey yes mm-hmm. but it God hasn't loves me it hasn't taken root in your heart yeah and when it really begins to take root in your heart it does change you i, I would tell someone i don't think you believe it yeah. 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 Because what does Paul pray in Ephesians 1? He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be, be opened, yeah. that you would know and understand the love of the Father. So he's saying this to people who should know, yeah. but, but they still don't. So I agree with you that, that the, the lack, okay, the lack of feeling, the lack of the emotional connectivity that God loves you is probably a good indication that you don't yet believe that God loves you. Yeah. 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 You, you like, I think a good, good way to say it. you can check it on a box. Like, yeah. I think this is, you could say like, I don't know how to say this well, but you, you could say like, I, I think this is true, but it's not something that is you. It's so not the, shaping. There's one, there's one, the Greek word he uses in Ephesians three that you may be filled with the knowledge of the love of Christ. It's a, uh, like this description of like distinction between a, like a mental understanding and like a experience of something. So like I can know, I can hold up a glass of water and say, I know this is a glass of water, mm-hmm. but if someone splashes me in the face with it, or if I drink it, then I know that it's water. That's the distinction between those words. I mm-hmm. think that's the difference we're talking about here is like, I can mm-hmm. conceptually say, I've heard someone tell me, and I think it might be true that God loves me, mm-hmm. but then to actually believe it, what it does is it's something you experience and yeah. you feel. And well, yeah, because reality, which is back to your point about the martyrs, the reason that the martyrs were able to behave that they, the way they were is because they believed it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was know, it was actual real truth to them. And I hear stories. I haven't heard a lot, but I've heard two stories of brand new believers facing imminent death like that, and going headlong into it. Yeah, knowing that their value rests in Jesus. So I don't even think there's a sense of like. I know I've heard people say like, "Well, I think it's just the process of me getting to." No, no, no. I think you don't want to believe it yet. Yeah, because if you did, there's no time frame. Yeah, you know, Agreed. like. If you believe it, there might be a process of growth where like the gospel's foundational and you begin to build on that. Yeah. But I think, I think when you were 16, if someone had put a gun to your head and, and said, renounce Jesus from to pull the trigger, you would have been like, pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, that might've been different for you because you might not have minded that so much at that point in life. No, at 16 years old, I had had just written my suicide note. But what I'm saying is like, even, even without the foundational things that have grown in you through all these years, I think you would have still had enough value in Jesus at, at yeah. 16 in the midst of all the chaos to say, you know what? I think my worth rests in Jesus. I, and I, I put my faith in Jesus right before I turned four and I have never questioned it. Not once. Um, and I, I am confident that God is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference was that in my younger years, I, I didn't know enough about who I was in God to allow my identity to be shaped by that. Gotcha. So my identity was shaped by my environment rather than by my theology. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as I had some godly friends and began to have godly conversations and as I began to spend time in the scripture, what shifted for me was now I had a framework for understanding my identity in Christ. And once I was able to understand that, that was able to replace the identity that I had developed in the first 20, 25 years of mm. my life. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Like it's, you're replacing identity. Yeah. Was that the shift for you, Pierce? Like with the condemnation thing? It, it could have definitely been it. Yeah. I think there was. He's like, uh, maybe. I mean. <laughs> Ryan's stupid. I, no, 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 no. I think, <laughs> I think, I think um, it had to, I mean, it had to have been a shift in a replacement of type thing, whether it, whether it took the form of, because um, I was thinking about the, the wording that I said a second ago of just like letting it permeate. Um, throughout everything instead instead of what you're saying of returning to the foundation Mm -hmm. and i think that i think that is that is a better wording for probably what happened for me of just like scrap all the crap 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm done. And I think, I, I think it was, I think it was a process of, of just learning. The more I learned about Christ, I think mm-hmm. you're right. You're, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Here's a truth about who I am in Jesus. Well, that is against this. Well, yeah. I know this is true. Push that aside and re- yeah. replace it with mm-hmm. this. So yeah, like, yeah. I think it could have been just a longer process of, instead of just a one day moment of like clearing the foundation, it was probably a process of like, as I'm clearing the foundation, I'm real. oh, this truth can go here and we can clear that out of the way for this. Does that make sense? Yep. That was probably, so the reason why I said earlier is like, I, I don't know if I was a hundred percent a Christian is because there, there was just this time period when I, are you now? When I, yes. When I, <laughs> when I turned 18, where it's just like the Lord was working on me. Yeah. And so I, my, my go-to response is like, I, be, I became like a, a real Christian. I, I act, I act, actually put my faith in Christ the summer I turned 18, but that could have been, that could have been from June to that December of this process of just like realizing who I am in Christ. And I think there could have been, I think there was a moment where I was rock bottom where I said, Christ, you're, you're the only thing I have. Yeah, I think what we, um, what both of y'all are saying is like it, it. What you dealt with didn't necessarily imply that you weren't believers, right? It was what it was implying is that you had the wrong perspective of your identity yeah, in Christ. So absolutely. that's so I could say that. Like I, mean, I think what you're saying is even if you put you really did put your faith in Jesus at 18 in mm-hmm. the summer of 18, not 18, summer when you yeah. turned 18, yeah. <laughs> um, that there was this this process where you were having to replace this identity yeah. you've created, which I think is a great idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great mindset, a great visual, replacing the identity still... you've created with the actual identity of who you are. And maybe mm-hmm. that's where people like me don't give enough grace for people. <laughs> it's like understanding <laughs> that there's got to be a replacement. Quit, quit being <laughs> stupid. Why do you think that way about yourself? Yeah. yeah. Because for me, it literally is so like black and white. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I don't have times of like struggle. I mean, I think I acknowledge that there's been some. There was that like, one Tuesday in 2002, but that's the only time, right? That's the only, you've had one the singular struggle. One, it, one day you had struggle. <laughs> I don't even remember that day. But yeah, I, but I, even like the last few months when I've just felt like something's off and I didn't even know what it was. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that there probably was something that was, if probably there was something that was being replaced. Yeah. If we're talking about it that way. Yeah. Um, and so for me, even though sometimes I talk about it like black and white, I think that there's a sense where someone like me needs to recognize that this process for people goes at different speeds. Yeah. You know, I think one of the difficulties for me was growing up in a moralistic Christian environment. That's what I was going to touch um, on too. That a lot of the basis for how I felt about myself was built on that moral standard rather mm-hmm. than who I was in Christ. Just a really stupid example. Um, me and a bunch of friends, my... I don't know, maybe my junior year of college um, decided to go on a cruise together. We saved up the whole year and went on this cruise together. And uh, when we were walking around the boat the first day, we noticed the casino. Mm-hmm. And that was a time when like, that was a very, 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 very no-no thing to do. Sure. And so I remember as walking by, yes, as a Christian, walking by the casino and one of us, I don't remember who it was, was like, I can't believe all those people are in there gambling. Like these terrible, <laughs> awful people gambling. That was my perspective then, right? Because that was the moralistic environment I grew up in. So then the shifting of that to recognizing that the Bible doesn't actually talk about that in a moral sense at all. It talks about the dangers of it, um, but not in a moral sense. Um, It's funny, like, complete side note. It's funny to me that people make a biblical case about gambling, but they don't make a biblical case about borrowing money. Yeah. When there's probably more, more. Yeah passages yeah. about that and then anyways it's just a really like we're comfortable with that but we're yeah. not comfortable with gambling anyways so, so like that was a shift if you will replacement for me was recognizing that my worth wasn't based on whether i was in the casino or not that's what yeah. i was acknowledging in the moment is these people are in there gambling they're, they're less terrible people they're, yeah and and i'm out here i'm good mm-hmm. but that's that's not identity no you know that's what not. i mean and so like so when you and I were playing Ryan in the uh, World Series of Poker Ring event at the casino in Durant, Oklahoma, wow. you know, like that was obviously a shift where I didn't have the same moral viewpoint of that anymore. So that was what I think the difficulty for me was super fun um, and really, really, really tiring. I've never been so like <laughs> Only, on edge. Well, for... That's because you lasted a lot longer than I did. <laughs> it was long. I was knocked out in the second round. Hey, you had, I think you'd watch like 10 episodes of Alaskan Bush People by the time I got back in the top 10. At least. It was, <laughs> it was a lot. Because I, I watched one with you during a break and then I came back and you were way into the season. <laughs> you, you played way longer than I got to play. I think I was like, what, six or seven people away from cash? On that one, it was like it was maybe close. ten or it, it was 15. it was less than twenty for sure. Okay, yeah, it but was, it was you were not far away from stressful. the cash. But like yeah. that to be able to do that, you had you would, had taken the field from like six hundred down to like sixty five. Yeah, something was, like that. Wow, 
it was chaos. <laughs> it, was, it was fun and like so stressful. <laughs> but like that moral shift for me is what is a similar pa- position to what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think I want people to hear this. They're not different. No. The, the shift for me moving from a moralistic perspective to a perspective of grace is, is not it's not better because I wasn't suicidal. It's not better because I didn't feel the same condemnation you did, Pierce. Mm-hmm. It's it's not better at all. It's right. the same exact struggle that my identity didn't rest in Jesus and my worth was resting in a system of morals and rules rather than who I am in Christ. It's not better. It's not different. It's the exact same thing. It just looks different. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and to your point, I think a lot more Christians probably deal with what you're dealing with and what Pierce and I dealt with because I think, at least in the West, a lot of Christians are taught that God that God's pleasure with mankind is based on works, based on performance. Yep. So if we're taught that in the churches, then no wonder many of us get to this time of the year and we're like, man, I got to be better this year. Yeah. God, I'm so sorry I let you down in 2023. I won't let you down in 2024. You know, all those, all those times of the camps where you're like writing down stuff and throwing it in the fire or putting it on the cross, nailing it to the cross, I bet if we had read those, I bet almost all of them would have been sexual or um, like moral, like alcohol related, almost sure. all of them. I wonder what it would be like if our kids, our teenagers grew up with this mindset that their entire life's goal is to glorify Jesus. Mm-hmm. So now this is how they approach their dating relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So this is now how they approach their decisions of drinking alcohol or being at parties or like doing yeah. all the things that the world does. If that's their perspective now, that's a much higher perspective. And I imagine the papers change. Yeah. You know, yeah. on the cross. Is the, now, if my kids are at camp, they're like, I'm not burning papers. Jesus already did that. <laughs> yeah, Why am I going to try to do it? Like, yeah. you guys are stupid. That would probably be, that wouldn't be Seth. That'd be Aiden be like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but he'd be right. He like, would be right. This yeah. is stupid. This, this doesn't actually take away our sins. This no. doesn't actually, like, it's so funny that this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week. People, people get so caught up in the symbol, mm-hmm. like, oh, look, we walked down the front, we wrote our sin on the paper, and then we we put it on, nailed it on the cross, or we threw it in the fire and burned it up. And man, I'm I'm done with that now. It, it, and we get more, we're more excited about the symbol than the fact that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. Yeah. Like, what? Why are we? Why do? Why do we think back more? to that moment, that Thursday night at camp when we all gathered around the bonfire, why does that carry more weight for us than what Jesus has done? You know what I'm gonna do? Next camp I preach um, for high schoolers. Instead of, I've never done that where I ask them to like write something down and burn it or nail it to the cross. Instead of that, if I can afford it or ask the camp director to buy it, I'm gonna give every kid something and say like, take this as a reminder. Yeah. Here's who you are in Christ. Yeah a bracelet or like something, something cheap. But like, what if that was a mindset of, of pastors and preachers? Like I'm going to give you something instead of trying to make you give something away or get rid of something. What if I give you something to remind you, Hey, that you're righteous, you're holy, you're loved. Yeah. It's actually not a bad idea. No, it's a good idea. Or yeah, that helps shape the whole perspective. Cause I feel like the main teaching is everything we've said in this episode, you've got to change or sin avoidance or or sin avoidance or from the perspective of Jesus did this for you. What are you going to do for him? Right. Yes. And like, yeah, yeah. even, okay. Even if you're dealing with a temptation, like like, let's say it's, I give teenagers this stuff and then they go home and they've missed their girlfriend or boyfriend all week and they're making out and they look up and they see like a bracelet Mm -hmm. and they go, you know what? This is, this, this is, is not who I am. Yeah, this does not reflect who I am in Christ. Isn't that better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we we have we've worked so hard to make people avoid sin that we've forgotten that sin avoidance doesn't actually make you like Christ. Mm-hmm. So, but yep. a, a desire for Jesus, uh, an identity rested in Christ will shape your life and will bring you into conformity to the yeah. things that glorify God. It makes you uh, sin avoidance makes you more like a uh a good religious Jew or a good yeah, Muslim but, or a good Mormon. But even yeah, back yeah. to the text you've already mentioned at the end of Colossians 2 there, he says, these things have no value in stopping the desires of the flesh. None. Yeah. Just keep doing so it. So set your mind on the things of Christ. Right. Like that's the solution. Which is funny that we like beat our heads against the wall trying to fix it. And what he's acknowledging in Colossians 2 is you're not actually doing anything. No, it's like, not beneficial at it's all. It's not helping you actually be done with with the thing you're trying to be done with. Your your resolution to that point, your resolution won't actually benefit you at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not from an eternal perspective. Yeah. There's no benefit in your resolution from an eternal perspective. All right, we should make a rule. If you're going to make a New Year's resolution, it has to be with your hand on a peacock. <laughs> Agreed. <Sure. Yep. laughs> Otherwise, stop it. <laughs> uh, 
I'm happy. What's I'm your happy peacock to say, this year? <laughs> Just shit the I'm happy to say like, man, it feels like a reset. I'm going to try some things out this year. Like I'm totally fine with that on a schedule. I, I just don't think I like the idea of saying like, okay, now this year's going to be different because it's probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably not. Like yeah, you yeah. can well, say like there's some things that are going to change, but I'll say this. If the year's not going to be different because you started changing stuff in June, it's probably not going to be different because you started changing stuff in January. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the Holy Spirit, as you submit to the Holy Spirit, is going to show you more and more things mm-hmm. and remove more things from your life and move you closer to the heart of God. So I think there will always probably be a little part of you that's like, man, the Holy Spirit's showing me something new that I need yeah. God to work on. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there's always going to be a, a moving forward. Always. Then, then let's do that when the Spirit works on our heart rather than mm-hmm. waiting for January. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we are being transformed. The Bible says, "From glory to glory, yep. into the image of God." Yeah, and and so so that's the work of the Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. Forget resolutions. People go, "Hey, what do you? What is your resolution this year?" You know what? I'm just trusting that the Spirit is doing His work of conforming me into the likeness of God from glory to glory. I'm gonna get a little miniature peacock. Yeah, <laughs> just carry it with me everywhere. What's your New Year's resolution? Our, our oh, neighbor on the go. corner had. I think had two peacocks, but one got hit by a car a couple of weeks ago. We're down, oh we're down to one peacock. <laughs> so, Did you ever not see? I it? was gonna, I was gonna say like, I know, I know where a peacock is that we can go catch at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go at night. We gotta be secretive about it. Well, it, <laughs> it's, it's the it's the peacock night. Val. Yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 it kind of wanders around, and in the evening, as the sun's going oh, down, it comes back to the house. So, like, if you just wait there in the evening, it'll start coming back. Is it back. noisy? Uh, I mean. Not overwhelmingly so, I but I, I live half a mile away from it. So there used to be the reason why I ask is there used to be a bunch of peacocks that lived over by where we did the Thanksgiving dinner. Um, was that Pecan Creek Pavilion? Mm-hmm. There was like a little mini herd of peacocks that would kind of wander. I think one of the people out there had it, and they would roam down the river and come around. And they were so they would just scream just They're constantly, loud. just ah, just that type of noise nonstop. I, I heard that the one they got hit by the car. <laughs> <laughs> made some noise. Yeah, yeah. They tried to they tried to save it. Oh next time someone asks us about membership at church, we'll be like, well, we don't have membership, but we do require you to pick we'll a the peacock and the yeah. peacock oath. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a secret we have a secret door in the back of the church that you open and there's a peacock just in there. Singular like, peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. Close the door. <laughs> the reason I've called you here today. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, you, you said a statement a second ago or, or earlier in the earlier in the episode, the simpler view would be um, until we understand that our, that our value, our worth rests in Christ. And we, I forget how you said it. Um, uh, I don't remember what I yeah, said. Yeah, My yeah. guess was right. it was probably something like, let's not, I'll say it this way. I think we shouldn't make resolutions in our like spiritual life mm. um, until we actually know for sure that we understand our worth in Jesus because yeah. it's not beneficial. So I think maybe for a lot of people, if you're going to make any kind of like change in January, let the change be, I'm going to like wipe the slate clean of all of the things I used to think and just begin with the gospel. Like yeah. here's, here's the good news of Jesus. Like you did Ryan as a kid, like yeah. here's what I know. I know the simplicity to be true of who God is and what he did for me through Jesus and who I am. And even though I feel, I feel worthless, Mm-hmm. I understand that to be true and I'm ready to build on that so that my identity can be replaced. The identity I've been created, I've created will be replaced by the identity I've been given in Jesus. So like yeah. I say, don't, don't make spiritual resolutions. Um, I would even say, I don't know, give me your thoughts on this. I would even say like, don't make a disciplined plan for like your spiritual life until that's the case. Because I, I think it's possible that someone could read the Bible disciplinedly. That's a weird word. That so, is weird. Very disciplined. Could read the Bible in a with discipline. With discipline. Wow. Discipline. That's, <laughs> that's not a word. Anyways, could read the Bible a lot. Disciplined <laughs> and come to wrong conclusions. Yes. You know, yes. I think it's possible you could come to wrong conclusions that could be not beneficial. I think mm-hmm. exemplified Absolutely. by the Jews. They knew the scriptures, but they missed yeah. Jesus. So I, I think that you just starting a disciplined routine doesn't imply that there's going to be a benefit. Although I would never tell someone not to read the scriptures. What I'm saying is if you are a believer, maybe start with um, being reminded of who you are in Christ. If there's passages like, like Ephesians three or um, passages that just remind you of who you are in Christ, like let that to be the beginning. Maybe ask Mm -hmm. text Ryan and be like, Hey, can you send me a list of like 
of like a verses that I can just read every morning just to remind myself of who I am in Christ and then let that be the foundation by which you build on. So start maybe your if you were a routine person and you want to like say I'm going to you know read the Bible for 2 hours a day mm. like Ryan does. Um <laughs> let it be built on only Monday through Friday. That's right. That's true. Not every day. Dude, why, you, do you, why do you not you love Jesus Christian. on the weekends? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you suck. Oh, that's fun. I like that wasn't that. simple, but I said a whole lot. You did. That that's like the a, longest yeah. <laughs> summation you've given ever. Simpler view. That's your worst. I'm not, yeah, I think Jesus. this topic's hard to give like a concise, simpler view. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, what's really the simpler view was like, we we have we have to acknowledge that our that our value and our worth rests in who we are in Christ, and then everything a part of that was like application yeah, yeah, yeah. was practical yeah, views true. of what that looks like. So, so really, if you want to take away anything, your value and your worth rest in Christ. And Ryan sucks on the weekends, and so, <laughs> so really, that's simpler view, just packaged for you, nice and <laughs> nice and neatly for you. Well, hey, you know who's my favorite nice and neat person? That's Stephen. That's the boss. Yes, you were so <laughs> happy with that yes earlier. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh Steven, uh, we're at the Garden Audio as always. This this uh the feel here in the studio, the the look, the lighting, the sound, everything is because of Steven. Steven's great. If you want to go over to social media, go check out at 87 Realty Group on Instagram. That's him and his wife's uh realty team page. They share realty uh tips, house owning tips, what's going on in the market and what's happening around the San Angelo area. So if you're interested in that, give them a follow, but if not, go shoot them a message, go leave a comment, go say, Hey, what's up? I'm here from simpler. Uh, Steven's awesome. Steven's great. While you're over there, follow at simpler pod. That's where you're going to find uh, clips from our podcast. You're going to see what's going on over there with us. It's where we'll share uh, certain things going on with, with Ryan's art as well uh, as, as disc golf ministry and things like that concerning Micah. And Hey, speaking of disc golf ministry concerning Micah, um, He's preparing and fundraising for his disc golf events with Eagles Wings throughout this year. Uh, and and if you want hey, to be- Hey, Pierce, what's Eagles Wings? Well, I don't know. It's a disc golf ministry. I wish I, wish I had like a prepared little statement for, for Eagles Wings. But. Yeah, but they do chapel services at the disc golf tournaments. Of Absolutely. Micah which Micah teaches, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that maybe some people don't we're know basically doing, oh, okay. I mean, we're basically doing church planning on the disc golf pro tour. Church planning on the disc golf pro tour. Dope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eagles Wings is great. Eagles Wings is, is doing work for the kingdom. It's great. What's great is that uh Micah is is heavily involved, uh, not only teaching in um in the services that are happening on these pro tour tournaments, uh, but also building relationships and uh and and actively seeing seeing Christ be made known in this environment. And if you want to be a part of that, like I said, he is fundraising for events that are happening throughout this year. So go to MicahMariano.com. We will put that link in the show notes. Uh, and there's going to be a donate tab there. If you want to donate towards uh, his events and his traveling that's happening during 2024, you can go on there, leave a memo that says disc golf, and it will get where it needs to go. And you can be involved in, uh, with what's happening. And you're going to be All donations are tax deductible. And all donations are tax deductible. Yeah, we're we're approaching we're approaching April. So you'll be able to, to mark it as a charitable donation. What? We are. I mean, I suppose well, we're always the, approaching. We're, we're April. one day closer. It's it's, it's <laughs> the previous year. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, what? So it's 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 calendar year, not through April fifth. April fifteenth is when your taxes due, not when you're. Oh duh, never mind. So for twenty twenty four, start yeah, the year yeah. off right with well, getting, I mean, getting some yeah, tax, tax deductions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So ignore my ignorance with the tax system. I'm not a fraud. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and go donate to to Micus. And what's great too is that we're going to hear those stories of what's happening on those tours and what what God is doing throughout the year as well, which we always we always tend to talk about, which is awesome. It's amazing. And hey. As always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? Catch y'all next week. <laughs>